from Hamilton Place Strategies in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a special series of the HPS Insights podcast on how to get a job in D.C., hosted by HPS partner Matt McDonald. Matt oversees recruiting at the firm and has brought together academic leaders, career experts, D.C. insiders, and HPS associates for a series of episodes on how to succeed in the D.C. recruiting process. In our first three episodes, we talked with universities about how to prepare for and get jobs in D.C., and then we talked to some D.C. insiders for the other side of that, of how how they think about applicants and what they're looking for. Um, Today, we're going to mix it up a little bit and take a look from the perspective of of recent grads. And we're talking to recent associates and analysts here at Hamilton Place Strategies to hear a little bit about their journey to jobs in DC and really focus in on once you get a job, how to think about setting yourself up for success. So I'm joined today by um, Matisse Rogers, who's a Michigan grad, Cole Klein, who went to GW here in DC, and then Kobe Gordon, a Dartmouth grad. Um, I should start by saying at the outset that uh, from a application perspective, HPS is not really the norm for DC. We do fall recruiting, and it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing um, that's different. So we we should stipulate that, and we can touch on that. A little bit, but as a firm, we're very much in the thick of um, policy debates in D.C. and a lot of the things that kind of set people up for success in this line of work are things that we focus on. So, so I think it's a worthwhile conversation anyway. Um, I wanted to kick it off for uh, all three of you on um, just a quick, uh, I don't know, a quick reflection on your job searches and how, how that experience went for you. Cole, since you were you were in DC itself and and kind of like we're breathing the air the whole time, maybe maybe I'll start with you for your perspective. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, so to that point, uh, naturally, because I went to GW and it, we were a school that had a lot of students, including myself, interested really in the intersection of politics, policy, and business. Um, and considering that we were in the environment constantly in the heart of DC. Um, It was something that our our school pretty much and a lot of the students at at GW thought about our time at the university as an opportunity to gather as many experiences as as possible um, since we have the area as a resource not only during the summer, um, but throughout the year. So it was something where we were able to collect and provide opportunities um, to not only specialize in an area that we were interested in um, and to get Hill internships, that are available throughout the year and not just during the summer when everyone uh, from other schools across the country want to come to DC. But because you have the full year to do those experiences, not only in the summer, you have the opportunity to collect other experiences that aren't just in your wheelhouse or in the area that you're interested in. Um, So something that, for an example, um, I got an internship with the, the FDIC in their Enterprise Measurement and Strategies Division, which is in their Department of IT. Um, I was a business and politics major, and my focus in business certainly wasn't IT, Um, but it was an area that I I thought naturally wasn't going to be a focus of mine, but it was something that I was interested in. Naturally, IT is going to be the future of a lot of uh, business environments and is something that people should become familiar with. Um, And I thought because I had the opportunity to do so throughout the year um, that I wanted to mix up and diversify my experiences kind of add at least a, a few weeks, well, it wasn't a few weeks, it was a full 
semester, but add an experience in there that was in that area and something that was outside of my wheelhouse. And you're able to do that and look for opportunities outside of the specific areas you're thinking of going into because we're in DC for the full year. Um, I mean, so, so my advice on, on that front would be um, to look for opportunities that are not necessarily uh, directly in your wheelhouse if you can afford to do so. Um, so those don't have to be specific internship opportunities for a full semester, or you don't have to use your critical summer on that if you're from someplace that's not in DC, but look for other opportunities, mentorship in different area, um, or just learn and read up on, on some of those different, uh, those different policy areas if you have the opportunity to do so, because those experiences will come back to help you. Um, and being able to talk about my opportunity at the FDIC in my interviews with HPS and, and elsewhere um, was definitely a helpful opportunity to not only build on my policy and business education um, and my internships in that area, um, but being able to highlight something different, I think was definitely helpful for that process. I would say that it's also, there's a dimension of some of the stuff of like, you, internships should not be purely a credentialing and box checking exercise in service of a full-time job is that there's a process of like learning what you are interested in and what you like that will help you really home in on exactly what you want to do after. Um, all right, Matisse, what was, uh, what was your kind of job hunt experience like? Sure. So I, you know, I was very fortunate um, at Michigan to be a student within the Ford School, just given that it has a very robust and very helpful career center where, you know, it's, it's communicated to public policy grads that you're not, you don't directly have to be doing policy work, you don't just have to go to a campaign or to work on Capitol Hill, but there really is a lot you can do, you know, including public affairs, but uh also things like management consulting. And so I felt very supported during my junior and senior year in terms of understanding that I was not limited in my career options. But even within that, I found myself not 100% sure what I wanted to be doing post-grad. Another, you know, characteristic of a public policy degree is that it is pretty broad, especially when you're coming out of undergrad. So I didn't know exactly what type of job I was looking for, but I actually ended up tapping into the alumni network and uh, basically cold reached out to an HPS, uh, now an HPS alum, but a uh, at the time, a current HPSer. And I literally found her on LinkedIn, looked up HPS online and thought to myself, that work sounds cool. It sounds engaging. Sounds like a great way to kind of use the different parts of my internship and academic experiences that um, I don't really want to give up. I don't want to commit to just one aspect of what I've been working on recently. And ended up grabbing coffee with her. She um, introduced me to the firm and kind of... Is this Julie Sarney? It was Julie Sarney. I mean, we need to give we have to a name Sarney drop. shout out. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Julie Sarney. Uh, so she, she explained to me what working at HPS would be like. And from there, um, I decided it, it sounded like a good fit, but really just want to hone in on the message that alumni want to pay it forward. Alumni want to help uh, current college juniors and seniors understand what's out there, understand, you know, the journey they took, what they learned, and uh, just really make sure you're connected with um, just the alumni network and any resources you have available to you. Definitely 
say it's worth using. It's it's not always uh, super exciting to be reaching out to alumni that you don't know and have never met in person, but nine times out of 10, they're gonna be willing to help you out. And in certain scenarios, it can lead you to a job that you really enjoy as your I, first time I also, I also think there's something to be said for reaching out to recent alum who have yeah. a more recent job hunting experience. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes like alumni who have been out for (laughs) 20 years, hypothetically, are less useful in terms of the reality of like a job hunt or whatever. I I also think to to a point you raise that there's a dimension of the job hunt of where you don't know what you don't know. You know, you can have like a vague understanding of like what DC is like and what the type of work that you want to do. But there's a lot of detail to what different jobs are like. And, and when you're, if it's like, Oh, I want to go work on the Hill, like being an LA versus a, a, you know, a press assistant versus what, I mean, these are all things that are very different jobs that mean different things that it, it, sometimes you don't have like a full sense of when you're just, when you're an undergrad and haven't kind of been exposed to it prior, prior, prior to that. Matt, I actually have a point on that that I think that I'd like to bring in, something that Matisse raised. But to that point also, I mean, most people that are interested in in politics or the D.C. world in general, um, especially if you're more on the political side, think that it's pretty much the hill or, or bust when you're talking about an experience in D.C. or an internship or even a job after college. Um, and, and I just want to stress that that is not the only experience in D.C. There are many different industries, uh, many different lines of work and different uh, opportunities that you can go into. And so I I definitely want to stress doing your research and looking into what's out there and what's actually available, the different lines of work. Um, Naturally, people that are listening to this podcast will probably be familiar with with ours or at least um, more familiar with it. However, the Hill, it's not just the Hill. Um, So there are many different opportunities in DC that you can get into, even if you are specifically interested in politics. Um, and different things that you can look at uh, to actually go about finding your first job too. And I want to recommend doing so. Yeah. Good counsel. Um, Kobe, what's, uh, what was your experience as you were thinking about DC? I mean, were you, I guess I I didn't ask uh, Cole or Matisse, but I'm curious if you, um, you, were you DC or bust? Was this kind of the thing that you knew you wanted to do or? So I would say for me early on in college, I was, or actually throughout college, it was never really DC or bust. Um, I would say things were pretty front loaded for me in terms of my experience in DC and actually um, job hunt. Um, like I was, I did the uh, the Dartmouth off-campus study program in DC my sophomore spring. Um, and that was an incredibly valuable experience. Um, just both the opportunity to do an internship and take classes here um, and sort of have a selected program of outside speakers and stuff to come in and, and people to, uh, meet up with, um, was super helpful. And I think, um, gave me perspective on the landscape in DC that would have been honestly very difficult to get otherwise. Um, and when it came to, um, actually like understanding how these different, uh, how these different industries interact and different jobs, different roles, um, I think that gave me um, a lot to think about when I was going into um, looking for a job full time. Um, and actually, fr- from that experience, I was so when I was when I was doing that program, I was interning at a 
pretty small public affairs shop in town. Um, and actually part of one of the, one of the presentations that our class had was from uh, Matt about his experience um, as a Dartmouth alum. And I, it wasn't particularly about HPS. I think it was more broad experience, but I was like, that sounds like an interesting, um, an interesting place to work. Um, and it was sort of piqued my interest. And then was HPS was on my radar um, from that point on. Um, but I would say additionally, I, I sort of took a bit more of a roundabout path um, and wanted to just get other experiences throughout college. Um, so sort of took a range of different internships and um, thought that it'd be cool to be doing something, this, this type of work in um, DC, but also I had some experience working in startups and thought, that could be interesting, um, but ultimately decided that sort of wanted to give the the DC um, landscape sort of a shot and ended up at HBS. Cool. What? All right. Um, I, I, I will toss it open to any of you. But as you get as all right, so now you are all you are all a couple years out of college, having you know started at HPS out of college and kind of settled into the DC landscape. You guys have. Um, friends from the firm who've gone to other places. You probably have plenty of friends around town or from college who've come here and had other experiences. What are, what are some of your takeaways on thinking about these first years out of college and how, what, what to look for in jobs, how to think about, um, you know, what, what sets you up for success in kind of that first role out of college? Um, I can start there. I think one thing that people maybe consider, a lot going into other industries, but not as much in DC, it seems like from my experience is like what your actual day-to-day work is going to look like. Um, And I would say that particularly in regard to um, like teams you're working on and how collaborative things are going to be and organizational structure where you're going to be working. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest differences between like my day-to-day and um, a lot of my friends in DC. Uh, I think, I think depending on where you are, I mean, for example, at think tanks, obviously, it's a lot more research focused. You're going to be working more directly under one person. Um, and uh, I think it's a bit more independent from my understanding as well, um, where at HPS, it's, uh, you know, team structure, working with four to six different people on client teams, and you're working on a range of those. Uh, so you get to interface with a lot of different individuals and different managers, um, different associates at, at your level. Um I think that's a piece that really like that, that defines your day to day. And I think it's a piece that people don't often um, think about. Oftentimes I think folks are more focused on like top line, sort of what issue are you working on or what role do you play in the space? And I think, um, you know, there's room to be a little bit more uh, consider a little bit more what you're going to be doing on a day to day basis. Yep. I I definitely second that. I think, Culture is something that's super important to consider ahead of your first job as much as you can suss that out before you're actually working at an organization. And I would also how, add, what are, like, how do you probe for that as you're interviewing? Like what, I mean, I, I, like, is that something that you thought of when you were searching Matisse? It is something. And it's, it's something that I made sure to raise kind of in off the record conversations with Julie Sarney, for example, someone who currently works at the firm. I think, wherever you can kind of get that more candid advice about what a, what work-life balance is like, what the culture is like, how peer-oriented an organization is, I think you should take advantage of that. 
I think I building would... off of that, I'm oh, sorry, Matisse, before, um, no, go just ahead. A, a quick comment there. There are also some things that you can naturally tell and get through the interview process that don't have to be in an off the record conversation. Um, you can try to understand how the place that you're interviewing with, um, if it's a collaborative organization and if they're actually working together on things, I think that looking for people that will help build you up and teach you skills by working with other people uh, was something that I was looking for and, and is a way for you to not only gain the hard skills at your new job, but to also gain an additional skill set and knowledge base. Um, but you can tell walking through the office to see if the organization is a collaborative structure or from my experience at the FDIC, it was all cubicles. And that's just something where even the physical nature can kind of tell you a little bit about the job and the experience and kind of give you at least a, a couple of those hints on it. But back to Matisse. Yeah. I, well, I would add just before that, uh, I, I, think, I feel like there are two components. There's like one, does the company or organization like talk the talk? Um, and th I think that's easy to get in the interview process. Um, and obviously I think HPS does that and you can tell that they're, you know, they care about employees collaborating and um, growing over time. Um, but I think the reality is a lot of companies sort of know roughly what to say and put on their website and not necessarily don't necessarily have the same focus um, in implementation. And I think that's where talking to people one-on-one -on -one where you're able um, is, is really helpful. So whether that's um, a college alum, like Matisse in your case, um, or just kind of, you know, if you're in the interview process, I think people are pretty willing to talk to you. Um, so just taking that opportunity to ask if there's anyone that you can be connected with or just reaching out directly um, and sort of saying, Hey, what's, what's the deal as someone that's been working here for a year or two years, how does um, your experience align with, you know, what I'm hearing from people higher up at the company as well. Yeah. And I think you have to acknowledge that there's going to be limitations to how much you can really know about a company before you are working there day to day. But I, that kind of goes to my second point, which is that you have to remember that you're not wedded to your first job. I think there's a lot of pressure on uh, upcoming college grads to have the perfect fit right away, have that amazing LinkedIn update and everyone's super impressed with the firm you're going to. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, time is relatively cheap in your 20s, especially when you're first out of school. And I think no matter what, even if you choose a job that is not the best fit for you, you're going to come out of that with more knowledge, more skills. At the very least, you're going to come out of that with an understanding of what you do not want in a job. Yeah. And I would say sort of hedging in a sense too, like finding places that there's a lot of value in terms of your personal growth and all of that. Um, even if say like, it's not, you know, maybe it's not the topic you want to be working on or the industry. Um, so it's not like you spend, you know, a couple of years somewhere that has like bad culture, you don't really grow and you don't um, actually want to like keep doing that. Um, at, at least trying to make sure that a lot of those components are there. So it can be a valuable learning experience, I think is important as well. This is gold. I love this stuff. So I, here's my question for you guys, though, because like the the it's interesting. I feel like people coming out of college, like Matisse, you nailed it in terms of like the everyone wants that shiny update that's like affirms whatever. It's like the yep. college graduation equivalent of like, oh, where are you going to college for high school students? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and people people build that up in their mind in a way that's 
probably not healthy, right? But the but like what you guys are talking about of of figuring out what you don't want to do is super important too. So without without no names, don't get gossipy, but like you guys have friends in DC. What are some examples of things that people have gone and done that were that were not a fit, that they didn't that kind of at the front end they didn't know? Do any of you have you, any of you guys have any of you guys friends had that experience of where they just it was just a complete miss and and what happened there? Um, so I, I actually had a friend who right out of school went to work on the Hill, um, thinking that he was very interested in politics and wanted to see what that was like. Um, he didn't get a position on the Hill that was naturally as politically related or wasn't drafting legislation or to that extent, it was much more administrative. Um, and it, it wasn't the best experience for him. I think he actually recently transitioned jobs. Um, however, it was an opportunity that allowed him to see what he didn't like to do on the Hill. And for someone that was so Hill focused throughout college. And when I knew him, he was able to see that there are other opportunities that are in that space and related to it. And in that sphere of politics in DC that you can do still something that you want to do and think is interesting without it being directly in a member's office on, on the Hill. And so he recently transitioned to a, to a new job at a, um, at a, at a GR firm uh, downtown DC and to see something where government relations for those of you in, on the outside. <laughs> yes. Um, and to transition to an area where he now thinks is more interesting. And that experience not only showed him what he didn't like to do, but gave him uh, certain experiences of working with different people um, and different bosses that you're able to translate that to your next opportunity, no matter even if it is still in the same area or if it is in a completely different area. And to Matisse's earlier point, when you're in your 20s, uh, you can still transition to jobs that maybe aren't even in the exact same area still. You don't have to just progress from the first job industry that you started in all the way up through that chain. People can jump around and you can do many different things when, when you're our age. Um, and so just know that that's also a possibility. Yeah, just to add on to that, I... One example that comes to mind for me, I had a friend who started work at a trade association um, that was kind of focused on economic policy. They were super excited about the subject matter, really interested in the topics and really interested in kind of getting that issue expertise. And the, the problem for them ended up not being about the subject matter itself, but being about the structure of the organization and the um, kind of culture of the organization. It ended up being honestly kind of a toxic workplace. And I think one realization that a lot of my friends have had post-grad is that even when organizations appear to kind of have it all together to the outside world, that's not always the case. I think you, you always assume that you're going to be coming into uh, an amazing first job experience when the subject matter is such a perfect alignment with what you want to be doing. But I think that kind of goes back to the earlier point that there's not just one way to pursue a certain subject matter in DC. There's trade associations. You can work on the Hill. You can work in a think tank. You can work in comms. So I think it's really making sure the organization is a fit in addition to the topic itself being a fit. Personally, I think that every organization that is made up of people is has some sort of dysfunction in some way because that's who, who we are. But the there's not it, it's not like being in a dysfunctional organization for a time 
doesn't teach you a lot of lessons about the reality of the workplace too. I mean, like I, you know, um, you know, I think we're a fairly high functioning organization and I'm always, I'm always super entertained to hear the HPS alumni stories of like where they go on to and what that's like. Cause there's a, cause it, there's all sorts of stuff out there. I mean, like I haven't, my, uh, my post uh, graduation time is dated enough where it's not worth it worth going into in detail, but I had, I think I had like eight jobs in my twenties, like at eight different organizations. Right. So, you know, and I learned a lot from some organizations and some people, and I learned less from others, but um, the exposure helps, right. It, it just gives you perspective on, on kind of multiple, multiple styles of managing multiple ways of approaching things. Um, There's kind of, even if it's, even if you're learning what you, what doesn't work for you or what you wouldn't do in a leadership role that, that there's value to that too. Right. Yeah. And I would also say uh, DC sort of uniquely, I think has, um, has people moving around jobs a lot and it's very fluid um, compared to other job markets. Uh, obviously us on the call, it's not like a great example of that because we've been at HPS for a while now. Um, but I, I think it seems pretty common among my friends to be, you know, you stay somewhere for a year, nine months, particularly in um, more in the sort of political world and campaign world. Um, So I think if you want a really dynamic opportunity, you can jump around a bunch um, and it's not seen as a negative. Um, Whereas I think in other, in sort of traditional career settings, that would be like a red flag on a resume. I think that's a really good point. I think DC is, kind of an area where you can move jobs without burning bridges and it's very very based on kind of maintaining connections maintaining your network and at to your point Kobe I mean I have friends from school who are literally like looking for jobs in their car over their lunch breaks because there there's such a toxic culture about wanting to consider your next opportunity wanting to, to consider your next step and Um, You know, I may be biased because I think we're really good about this at HPS, but I I feel like there's a pretty good culture in DC overall in that realm too. So let's, let's transition to, so for the listeners, they've, they get their job. Okay. They've got whatever that foot in the door in DC is. This is a process that you guys have all been through. What on reflection, like what, what would you tell yourself prior to starting in terms of thinking about how to think about your first job, setting yourself up for success. What, what, what pearls of wisdom would you impart? I, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm happy to start. Um, I think something that I would want to tell myself is to use the people that are at the organization as a resource, not only for doing your job, but as a personal resource to pick their brain, gain their expertise and their knowledge and hear about the places that they've been Talk to them about, uh, if, if you can, I, again, to Matisse's point, we're good at HPS about doing so. Um, talk to them about what you're interested in, what you potentially uh, would want to do somewhere down the line 10 years from now, or even a couple of years from now, um, and, and try and pick their brain, get their advice early on. Every conversation that you have with management at your organization doesn't have to be about the specific deliverable or, or task that you're working on at that moment. Um, we're, we're all people too, and everyone generally wants to help. Um, and so being able to talk to people and use them as a resource, uh, especially uh, people that have been in a similar position at some point um, or have that experience under their belt, 
is extremely helpful and just know that you're, you have the ability to do so and you don't have to wait until you're a couple of years into the organization to start really just talking to uh, management and people higher up to, to see what their experiences were like and to talk to them about potentially what you would like to do in the future or something along those lines. I think I would remind myself that you were hired for a reason and you know, there's no, there's no scarcity of recent college graduates. Uh, if you're at a firm, it's because the firm wants you to be there and, you know, trust that you can do the work and have confidence in your ability, uh, you know, to parse through difficult subject matter, to create really compelling and um, successful products. And just remind yourself that, you know, getting through undergrad is not difficult, or it is difficult. It is difficult. Uh, so remind yourself, you know, you've put in a lot of work to get to this point. You're there because you deserve to be there and you have knowledge. You're bringing value to the firm. I think a lot of times um, recent grads come into their first jobs with this mindset of like, you know, everyone else is so much smarter than me. I have to catch up to everyone else. And there, there is a degree of growth that you have to kind of embrace in your first few years and beyond that but there's also unique knowledge that you're bringing in that no one else has so just you know be confident in your abilities in your first job do you think do you think dc is a place that like uh fosters imposter syndrome or a place where there's so much so many imposters that it doesn't matter because it's like all over the place like how 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 should one (laughs) how should one think about that I think imposter syndrome is exacerbated in DC, but I can't Because there's so much performance about everything? Yeah. There's a lot of performance. Everyone knows what everyone is doing. The first question you get asked in social settings, where do you work? You know? Yeah. I think think adding to what Matisse had to say there, I think also just sort of being humble off the bat is is helpful. Uh, Being confident in your abilities, but also humble at the same time, I think... um, for a lot of people, it's difficult. It's, it's sort of similar from, to the transition from high school to college, honestly, where it's like you go from being, you know, your senior in college, you like think you know what you're doing, you think you're cool. Um, and then like day one on the job, you get a new computer. And like, I remember like can't even like can't even figure out how to like move an object around a slide or uh, like use the internet pretty much. Um, so being, being humble at first and being willing to, um, you know, embrace some of those challenges along the way and, and learn um, is important. Uh, the other thing that I would say is um, I think it's helpful to know that pretty much everyone around you has an interest in you succeeding, um, but they don't necessarily always have the time to um, focus on it, um, depending on sort of what their level is in the organization. But with that knowledge, I think you can uh, be a really good advocate for yourself um, and be willing to reach out where there's, you think like you want more feedback on stuff. Um, you want to, you want areas that you can grow, um, or, um, even, even more broadly, I think at least somewhere HPS, like you're like, I, I want to work on a very specific issue or, um, something like you just have a, a cool idea that you want to research, um, and try to get it published. Like it's, it's sort of whichever way you want to push, there's a lot of room there. Um, but I think obviously you have to, uh, speak up and uh, be willing to raise those with the right people. I'm, I'm going to chime in with I, I, my, I think two things that I think about is like, as you go on, 
in your career, I think one of the things that becomes weird is how, um, how incompetent you perceive or how incompetent you become aware of as your, of your former self, right. Is like, um, what is that? The, the, um, uh, Kunner Dunning effect or whatever it is of like the less, you know, the smarter you think you are. And then the more, you know, the dumber you realize that you are, is that almost definitionally is like, as you go on in your career, you're like, wow, I was so bad at that job and I didn't even know it. And so, you know, I think just kind of coming to, terms with that is is super healthy but then the other the flip side of that is just paying attention to your learning curve at work and making sure that you are especially at the front end that you are on a steep part of the learning curve that the learning curve is going up that you are taking advantage of the opportunities to learn around you the title pay like that stuff as a general matter is not what you should prioritize at the front end of your career in DC. You really want to focus in on, is this an organization or am I working for a person that I can learn a lot from? Because eventually you will come to a point where, you know, you can't afford to be on the learning curve anymore. You have to like be a contributor. You have to, you know, whatever life, life imposes itself on you quick enough. And that is like the gift of twenties in DC is that, you know, you can, take a pay cut and go work on a campaign. You can like go to an organization where you're just going to be in the thick of it and become expert on something. Just like, just pay attention to the learning that's there. Cause at some point you'll trade that in, but if you skip it, you've got nothing to trade in. So you got it. You've got to just pay attention to the learning curve at the front end. All right. Any parting thoughts? The current uh, college students are about to graduate. Any, any, Parting thoughts on how to locate a couch to sleep on in DC when you move here and anything like that? I guess I would, I would say again, I think college alums are a really good resource. Um, and particularly when you're, when you're young and in college or just getting out of college, um, people are actually really excited to talk to you. Um, and it's not, it's not a burden. Um, so I think using that as a, as a resource um, is going to help you a lot. Also your peers are a huge resource, you know, socially in adjusting to a new city barring recent grads who are already in DC like Cole Klein but um, kind of professionally too just because someone's the same age as you doesn't mean there's not a lot to learn from them and you know it's worth fostering those connections too. Uh, If you are looking for a place to live there are multiple Facebook groups that you can just immediately (laughs) join uh, to that extent and try and find something useful but uh, circling back to what Matisse said uh, ask the people around you, the people that are your age, even if they're going to DC, or other people that are already here, are extremely willing to help and happy to provide any advice. I had a I 50% would... success rate with the Facebook housing group. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say be prepared to just to dive in. I didn't. I actually did not. Move, I moved to Boston after Dartmouth, and I I moved to DC a couple of years later. But the the uh, when I moved to DC, so I was hired by uh, Steve Schmidt uh, to go work at the National Republican Congressional Committee. And but when he hired me, he said, "Listen, you have the job, but if it doesn't work out, you're going to have to find something new to do in three weeks." So I got a contingent job offer and moved down to DC and stayed at uh, stayed in like the guest basement room of a friend's house. And was like commuting in, hoping that I would be able to stay on the job. And that's 
that's part of the story of getting a job in DC too, is that it'll all work out, but at the front end, it's sometimes you just have to take the plunge. All right. So thank you, Kobe. Thank you, Matisse. Thank you, Cole, for joining us. This has been HPS Insights. Good luck with graduation. Thank you for listening to the HPS Insights podcast produced by Hamilton Place Strategies. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at HPS Insights and follow us on the web at hamiltonplacestrategies.com.